Hey, Real Ghost Stories Online family, Harper and myself are inviting you to join us for a live experience coming up on January 26th at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to look inside some of the scariest stories we have ever told. It's going to be a night of heart-stopping stories. Woo! I know I'm not going to sleep. Join us for the stories and discussion. To get tickets for this exclusive live event, go to moment.co slash ghost stories. That's moment.co slash ghost stories. Or find the link in this episode description. And we'll see you on January 26th. Get tickets for the show and upgrade if you want to special meet and greet opportunities and after show discussion moment.co slash ghost stories get your tickets now for this worldwide digital experience inside the scariest stories with harper and myself of real ghost stories online don't be late today on a chilling episode of real ghost stories online that will make you question the very existence of both good and evil we hear the story of a 31 year old student who comes face to face with what could possibly be a demonic presence. Is the presence out to destroy, or is there something much deeper going on that is out of this individual's control? That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to the program. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. You don't miss any episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, we offer you a way to get all the shows commercial free. And in that, just understand what you're getting. You're getting the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories all there for you, as well as advanced episodes of the show and bonus episodes of the show every single week. We call them EPP bonus episodes. Extra podcast person is what that stands for. You get that uh, hooked up when you uh, become an EPP or a supporter of our show directly through Apple Podcasts. Try it for three days free right now. Or go to patreon.com slash real ghost stories or ghostpodcast.com. It's Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the show. What's going on? Well, you know that app, is it next door that they have it all over? Like you just sign up, give them your zip code and it, and it's in like people post random weird shit for the most part. Okay. But a lot of it's like porch pirates and... What does that mean? Oh, like people are stealing packages off your porch. But okay. you know, it's like, so everybody's always complaining about this, that, or the other thing. Or or you could use it like, oh, I found these dogs running loose sort of thing. Okay. Or I lost my cat. It's just kind of con- to connect neighbors to neighbors. And so I get emails from it every day, like, I don't know, quite a few, mm-hmm. like maybe eight to 10 a day. So there was one today that when I get the email, I just see like a sentence or two. And so I click on it and it's like, like basically the description of the video was like, obviously paranormal activity. That's kind of the sentence I saw in my email outside my house last night. I'm like, God, I'm going to watch this. Outside your house? No, their house. Okay. And so, um, so 
So I look at it and it does look weird. It does. But it's like this kind of red blob that's kind of moving. It looks like it's walking kind of and different angles of it. And so I'm looking at it, watching it several times. And I'm like, I kind of think it's probably some kind of bug that's really close to the screen or something mm-hmm. that's just kind of distorted looking. So as I'm reading what all the na- other neighbors are saying, like the person who posted it is getting pissed off that nobody is agreeing that it's paranormal. They're just like, it's not a spider, okay? And like the person's just getting angrier and angrier and angrier as the thread goes on because people are like trying to debunk it. And this person's like, no, it's obviously some kind That's of That's the biggest problem demon. that investigators have. They, they go into a house and they want to <laughs> do an interview and understand what's going on. And if you say something that goes outside of the narrative that the person wants to already believe, and they want confirmation on. Yes, if that's not, what that person was after. If confirmation. You're not, if you're not doing that, they break out. And, and that you can't investigate something like that. There may be something even going on, but you can't investigate it if they're already set on that is the only explanation. You have to start from the beginning and go, is this right? You know, and it, even as into this sort of thing as I am, I'm looking at the video going, it does look weird, but I'm like, it's weird because it almost looks like something kind of walking. Yeah. It wasn't like an orb that was, you know, those look different. This mm-hmm. was something that you could see kind of a walking movement to. And I'm like, well, I don't know what it is, but it kind of appears to be walking. And sure. I don't know. it just didn't look, I don't know. I was like trying to debunk it. So then I read the other comments and that's what everybody else was doing. And that poor person was so mad. I think they just wanted to have, I think what that person really wanted was a video to go viral. And it wasn't happening. Sure. You know, and they're like, damn it. It's paranormal, people. The amount so of I videos know. I get sent to me that are, look oh at this, God, are I pictures. And, and, I, and I appreciate it. And I, and I welcome them to be sent to me. Tony at realghoststoriesonline.com. And I do look at them. But number one, I always say to everybody, and I try to reply as best I can. I, I know I can to everything. And I'm sorry, it just it's time. But uh, I do take a, try to take a look at anything that, get, that does get sent to me. Um, but I, number one, I'm, I'm horrible at this. I am not good at identifying things in pictures. I am not at all, and I always have said that. So just because I say there's nothing there or I don't see anything does not mean anything. It's just yeah, what, what it, it's just my perspective. And I also think too that like I see. You know, look, I took this picture outside of this schoolhouse. And if you look up in that window, do you see what I see? And then everybody's like, oh, there was one. It's a demon. And really, it's kind of not really a demon. It could be a smudge in the window. Sure. It could be any number of things. But once you say, do you see what I see up in that upper window? People are going to be looking for that. They are. And and there was one that Todd sent me last year that was sent to him from a legitimate friend. It wasn't like a friend of a friend of a friend. It was like I knew who I I knew the person that sent it to him. And they it was of a kind of like an overhead shot of a, a old house uh, from I believe it looked like a drone. It may have been from a tree, but I don't know. Um, and I looked at it and 
he said it to me and just said, what do you think? I don't see anything. He's like, just, okay, just take some time. When we listen to this next story, listen and just look at the photo. And then I saw it in a wider structure and I saw it and it was a total face that was like almost part of the image itself that was looking directly at, it was like, oh my God. And when you see it, you can't unsee it. And see, went, that's what I like. It's, yeah. it's when it's like, look in that window, this right here, and what do you see? It wasn't even a window. Like it was like over a, the film. It was like, it was just over the whole Oh, that's crazy. Thing. And it was, yeah, it was, oh my gosh. And I saw, I was. it was one of the most compelling pieces of creepy photography I've ever seen. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was just out there. Out there and creepy, but... Um, but I, I trust the sources where it comes from too. So I, I don't, and, and that, that's a lot of it. You can see these things online. If you don't know who they come from, you can manipulate anything to look any way you want today. Um, whether you're doing it through Photoshop or typing it in through artificial intelligence. Have you explored any of that yet, Carol? No, I have not. Oh my God. That is it a kind of scares me a little bit. It's scary as shit. Um, but it's amazing at the same time what artificial intelligence can create and paint and yeah. create with just a few words, if you know what to say and how to say it. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, it will kill artists. That's really sad. It is. It, I mean, it truly That's is. Really but sad. the art that it creates is mind-blowing when you look at it. it it's it, it's It's not just some obscure artists that you find here or there and you're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. This is like always amazing. <laughs> and I don't know any other way to express it. It is just, uh, it, it knows what to create to stimulate the brain, I think is the best way of saying it. That's interesting. Yeah. Scary, weird things never conceived of as a kid. I was more expecting the uh, the kitchen that uh, cooked your or, or, or created your food for you, not just cooked it uh, without much of a, a press of a button. We pretty much have that. But no, it's like you press a button, say, I want steak and I want potatoes, and it brings it all up and creates that. Let's make that. That, I think, looks uh, looks pretty cool. Looks circa like the Jetsons. Let's go to a phone call at 855-853-4802. Hi. Hey, Tony. I've called before, and I hope that this will... Um, right to be listened to, but it's something that has really troubled me, and I think about it often. I lost my parents about 10 years ago. They died within six weeks of each other. It was pretty traumatic um, because they were, one would be in the hospital, one would be home, the other would be in ICU, then they would be home, and I was trying to work out nurse care or be with them in the hospital and making decisions. Um, It was very stressful, and it just felt like it came so fast. So they both passed, and so it was the process of planning two funerals in six weeks. I had to deal with the estate stuff, and it was really stressful. So then it was the house. We needed to decide on the house. My parents had lived in that house for 60 years, and it was a place of really good memories, And I love my mom and dad 
immensely, and they had been good parents. I have three brothers, and they, too, were having trouble dealing with this, even though it seemed that a lot of the responsibility had been on my shoulders, being the only girl. As time went on, no one could make decisions about the house. I was gradually going through clothes, going through things to get rid of stuff, and honestly, Everyone should take a class of how to handle all this, the state and the house, because when you're not prepared, you just don't know what to do. And it becomes part of your stress in the middle of when you're trying to grieve. And the grief process sometimes doesn't get to happen like it should. Well, I got a lot done in the house as far as clothes and food, but we were going down there about every two months to just check on things and do some things as far as the estate paperwork and sign papers and whatever. I just could not bring myself to really take anything major out of the house. No pictures off the wall. I didn't want to remove furniture. I took the real valuable things that mom has in her will that I needed to take or some brother needed to take, like silver and china and jewelry. But as far as just the furniture and the pictures on the walls and the quilts everywhere and all the mementos, I just left them there. And I enjoyed going home and just sitting amongst all that because I felt like my parents were still there. I could almost imagine mom in the kitchen and dad in the den. And it just felt like they were there. And I guess my grief, that was a comfort to me. I had a brother who then decided that he would buy the house. We sold it to him for a really low price, but we thought that would be a good thing to do because the house was sitting there. He's not married, and he said, well, I come into town every now and then. It'll give me a place to stay when I do business here, and we can take our time to get things out of the house. Well, time had gone on. It was now like five, six years, and the house was there with everything in it, just like mom and dad would be living there. And it was getting harder and harder for me to go down as often with grandchildren, myself, and I work. I didn't have as much time to keep going back and forth. And I knew in my heart I needed to clear the house so that if my brother wanted to sell it, he could do that, and we could let him do what he wanted with the house. And he was making hints, well, when are y'all going to get all this stuff out of the house? So it was really weighing on me. But my job was pretty stressful. I was always busy dealing with a lot of stuff at work. And in between trying to be with grandkids and go to their events and be with my children. In the meantime, my husband's mother, who was 95, we ended up taking care of her in her home. So there I was with the stress of taking care of her. I felt like we had just finished taking care of my parents. Their home was still sitting there with everything in it. And now we have a husband's mother to take care of. And I began to feel so anxious about it. I need to clear my parents' house, I kept thinking, because we're taking care of my husband's mom. It's getting bad. 
we're not going to have time to go down there at all. We could hardly leave because we needed to be with her or have someone to look after her if we weren't there. And that was becoming very complicated. So I started dreaming about it. And I started having these vivid, vivid dreams that my mom was alive and at our house. She was in my home place. She'd even rearranged the furniture in this dream and changed things around. And I had gone to see her in this dream. And I was shocked to see her sitting in the living room. And I said in my dream, Mom, you're alive. You're here. And she said, yes, I've been here. I like coming here. I said, but Mom. You've passed away. All my friends know you've passed away. We've had this funeral. How can that be? You're here, alive, talking to me. She said, I don't know how it happened, but I'm not in my grave anymore. I'm here. And I'm in the house. And I'm watching over things. I said, oh, Mom, I feel so bad. In my dream, I explained to her, I feel so bad that we've just left things here. But mom, I'm so attached to things. I don't want to even take the pictures off the wall. I don't want to move the candy dish from the coffee table. I don't want to touch anything that feels like you and daddy here. And she said, I know, I know, I know you're struggling. And I said, mom, we're taking care of John's mom. And she's really getting ill, and her health is declining. I can't come to the house as much. And I know we need to clear it because my brother really wants to put it on the market and sell it. And he's getting angry with us for not getting the house cleared. And my other brothers will not who live here, because I live six hours away, they won't come and take anything out of the house either. I said, no one will do anything but yet they want something done. And I'm so stressed. And she said, I know. My mom was so good to me and so calming and was such a rock for me in my life and such a Christian and so faithful. And she just said calmly, I know you're struggling. I want you to know I'm taking care of this. You don't have to worry about it. I'm taking care of this. I said, oh, mom, I hate for you to have to take care of this. I mean, I said all this in this dream. It was so real, the conversation. And I said, I feel like I should be taking care of it. This isn't for you to take care of. And she said, no, this is my house. I love these things, but I love you. And I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to pause right there. There's more to the story, and we'll continue on in a moment, but there's a lot to unpack just from that point forward. Let's talk about what what we've listened to so far. Your thoughts, Carol? I think it's really an interesting story. Yeah. And it so often happens in a family, one person ends up being left to deal with the aging parent. And that's exactly what happened to her. And I thought it was interesting that the brother gets the house, but yet y'all need to come get everything out of the house. As in you, the one sister. Yeah. You know, and so 
There's so much pressure and she's got some really good points on trying to take care of some things before it really happens and you need to take care of the stuff. But the dream itself is so incredibly real. Yeah. Like it's like she's having a conversation with her mother. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, and she's really good at telling the story. Like I'm 100% into it. But, you know, I think that so often happens too. That when your parents get to be that age, then you're getting to be of a certain age yourself. Mm -hmm. So his mom, you know, or his parents aren't doing well. She loses her parents. Boom, boom. I mean, it's just a lot. And then when you lose your parents and you have all of the actual physical things to deal with, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to do that. No, I, I completely agree that there's so many things to process when all that's going on. And it's it's a change of life, and there's no precedent for it when you start going through it either. No one's you haven't been through that before, so it's a whole new thing to try and you know reason your way through on how how do you do this and and what's the right way to to do all of these things. And it truly does frequently, as I well know, yeah, it ends up with one person having to deal with the majority of all the stuff. Yeah, and it's really hard. And, you know, so I just think it's interesting because I'm listening to this and I'm so relating to it. But the brother gets, you know, he buys the house for a good price and it's like, come get all their stuff now. Yeah. You're, you're living there. You could be dealing with all this. What, 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 what is it? Is it like, well, you know, get your stuff. I don't want to get rid of it myself because you're going to be mad at me if I get rid of it. And you want it, oh, but you're not going to go I get like, it. Yeah, I it, like it. May, that's a nice way of thinking of it. It's like the I cycle kind of, of thought. It was like, why should I be doing all this? Well, like you nobody need to come can win. It. Nobody can win. Where it's like exactly, if you get, and exactly, and that's where the pro the problem is. Like, okay, I think the solution, honestly, for anybody in that situation is if it's your property, the things are on your property. These are in your possession. If they're not coming to get it go rent the $75 a month uh, storage space. Right. At a point, you're Done. like, hey, if y'all it, don't want any of this stuff of mom and dad's, yeah. I'm going to get rid of it. You're not in any sort of violation of anything. It's all there. And just say, look, I'm putting in the storage space for six months. Here's the key. Here's how you can go in there. You go pick whatever you want out of there. At the end of six months. And at six months, I'm going to quit I'm, paying yep. the bills and then I'm going to um, sell it or whatever. Storage yeah. pickers yep. or whatever that's called is going to come exactly. by. Exactly. They're going to auction it off. Make it clear, but give them the clear opportunity. And if they don't follow it, well, then that's on them. And Agreed. And then people need to accept their own fuck ups. And that's a whole other subject. Like, oh, it's not my fault. Yes, it is. It truly is. Fucking deal with it. Uh, let's continue on with the call and, and hear the other half of the story dream over and over and over again in one week. I had it so many times that I had told my husband about it. I told my daughters about it. I said, this is so strange. I feel like I need to go home and somehow get my brothers motivated to take care of the house or something has to be done about the house. Because my brother who bought it was starting to get really frustrated with everyone. 
even though he had bought the house and he could do what he wanted with it, he wanted us to get the stuff out, of course. Well, the next week, it was close to Easter. My brother, who owns the house, always goes to Florida for two or three months. He has lots and lots of money, and really buying the house was not a big deal to him. He has an RV. He goes to Florida, and he lives for about three months. So before he left, he has another home somewhere else, and he got it winterized. And then he winterized mom and dad's house by purging all the faucets, cutting off the water, telling Aqua or whoever the water place was to cut the water off from the street because he would be gone. And it's the winter months, and he knows pipes can burst. And he left. And he was gone for about three months. Well, he came back closer to Easter. And I get a phone call from him. And he's hysteric. And he said, I walked in mom and dad's house. And there was water running from every single faucet. Because I had purged them. Which means you cut them full so that they would, any water left in the pipes would flow so when you cut the water off, all that water would come out and be gone when you were gone. He said, somehow the water at the street has been cut back on. And I don't know how. I don't know who did that because I had told them to cut it off. I had it cut off. He said, but the water is so bad in here that the ceiling fell down on the first floor because the water on the first floor the second floor had rotted out the wood. So the bathroom ceiling had fallen. My mom's office had fallen. The kitchen, the ceiling had fallen. It was black mold everywhere. It was awful. When you walked in, it was awful. It was horrible. And my brother's calling the the water company to come out there and cut the water off. And he said, somebody's cut it on. And I was out of town and he's throwing a fit. And he said, y'all have to come here and do something. So I talked to my boss and I said, I've got to go. It's an emergency. So we left the next morning. We went to the house. And literally when we walked in the house, we saw we had black mold everywhere. So I had to call somebody like Surfer to come help us. And we were putting on all these masks. And in one day, I literally, and my brothers that showed up, we moved all the major furniture out of the house that we could get to. We moved pictures off the wall. I took everything that I could to get it out of the house. Some of the stuff was ruined, and so they had to just take it to the dump. But the better pieces of furniture were still okay. The upstairs, though, we couldn't really go up there because the floor was so unsound that they were afraid it might fall through or somebody could get hurt. So, sadly, we were able to get a bed out of there and a couple of things, but everything else had to stay. And so, in a couple of days, three days, we got a lot out and we got a lot boxed up and put in a sunroom that had not been touched by the water because it's kind of disconnected from the house in a way. I, when it was all over and we were getting stuff to my brothers and getting stuff to my daughters and getting stuff to my house, and it was a lot of work getting the U-Haul, and still there was stuff left in the sunroom. 
and the stuff where we could not get to anything because of the flooring. But everything else was pretty much cleared out. At least the things that were of real value to me and I know to my mom and my dad. I got home and I started thinking about it. About my mom saying to me over and over, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of this. Now, the water place, my brother had to sue them because they started saying that they had cut the water off and that somebody else had cut it on. My brother kept saying, I wasn't even here. And we found out later what happened is the pipe had broken that came from the water, where the water comes from, out of the street. And so he's still in legal, um, whatever you want to call it, the courts about that, because it should be their fault. And they're trying to say it's his fault, but he wasn't there. He had done everything he could do. But I kept thinking of my mother saying, I'm going to take care of this. And she did in a way. Because for the first time when I walked in that house, I was not so emotionally attached to everything that I couldn't move anything. We moved everything. I I got the pictures off the wall within an hour. And they were outside and I was cleaning them off. Where before, I couldn't take a picture off the wall. I couldn't touch anything. Because I didn't want to hurt it. I didn't want to mess it up. I didn't want anything to change. Because all that brought me my mom and my dad. But Tony, I think my mom did that. Somehow. Somehow. Something bizarre. Because she knew if things were like that, I would be able to separate from my emotions and get the job done. And get it cleared out. And the things that really weren't that important could be taken to the dump. Things that I would have probably kept because I wanted to keep everything. I didn't want to let go of anything. And so we have the things that were big and memorable for mom's house. I've got all the pictures and all the things that were important. There's still some boxes in the sunroom that my brother still won't go through. And my brother still has not sold the house. And I don't know why, because he's still in the legality of trying to get money from this water company. But mom got us to get the major things out of the house. And I have to say that dream was so real that when I woke up in the morning, I really thought my mom was still alive and I had a secret that no one would knew. No one would understand or know that my mom was alive at our house and I was going to have to go down there because I wanted to see her. And then the house flooded. So I find it interesting. I don't know what you would think. I, in my heart, really think my mom had something to do with that. Some act of love because she knew I was struggling and I couldn't make myself do the next process of clearing the house. So anyway, that's my story. You probably won't play it because it's not necessarily a ghost story. But I will tell you this, the dreams I had that week, it was so real. My mom was so alive. And she kept saying, oh, I just left my grave. And I could picture her grave. And I kept picturing her leaving her grave and walking to her house to stay there. It it was so realistic that, like I said, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd almost think, 
I know this is true. I know this is true. Mom's alive and nobody's going to believe me. And then I think, oh, that's crazy. It was just a strange dream. But when the house flooded, I thought, you know what? Mom helped me take care of this. So God bless all of you. Um, Harper's adorable. And Carol, all of y'all are real fun to listen to and sound like such a a close net of friendships and family. So I wish you well. God bless. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Uh, I hate my daughter and I hate Carol. Um, I just like to <laughs> state does. that right now. I mean, we don't get along at all. These are people I detest and we're not close at all. And um, <laughs> you totally read all of that wrong. So. Is <laughs> <laughs> Harper is such a disagreeable oh, child. But everyone knows yeah. it. Yeah. I, you know, you and I have heard so many stories. I'm going to remember this one forever. Yeah. I loved everything about it. And and it's not, is it a ghost story? Not necessarily. But I think it's definitely a paranormal a, sort of thing because her mom story. came to her. It's a spiritual story. Yeah, I where, totally 100% yeah. believe that her mother came to her. And, I 100% believe in that. And to me, that's a ghost story. I, I, I think you can have ghostly experiences in your dreams. I think you can have ghostly and that's experiences. Where you can have yeah. them because you want that connection. And it's like mm. your day's so busy and there's so much, you know, and in her life, especially, there's so much going on that yeah. there's no way her mom could get through. And the only way she can is through a dream. And, and yeah, the it, fact it, that she was yeah. telling people about the dream, like it's so real. It's not always about being in a, a place and feeling a presence or others witnessing something. A lot of times I think it's very personal and, and many are afraid to even talk about it because they feel like they're going to be considered crazy. But I think we all have those sort of experiences and you, you can't deny them. Yeah, it does feel weird to talk about them because nobody talks about them in our culture in America. But other places, it is more open about those sort of things, but they do happen and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with talking about it. And I think it's really cool that people on this show will call in and share those experiences because it encourages oh, yeah. others to then do the same because it's a safe space. We're not going to judge you and we're just going to listen to you and let you share your, your story. So yes, thank you so much for that. And I thought um, like to me, it's so interesting because I can totally relate to having to take care of a lot of stuff on your own because mm-hmm. um, I I live, um, my mom's here. She had a stroke. It's just me and my mom here. My siblings aren't here. So by default, yeah, you know, it's me. And so I can totally relate to how that works and not saying when something happens to my mom, my, my siblings won't be here. I'm not saying that, but this weird dynamic happens during yeah. uh, times like that. And so that's what was happening in her family. And so nobody's helping her. Nobody's, her brother buys the house and her brother's still like, why don't you come get this stuff? (laughs) You know, and she can't. And I get that because it's too hard. Like I kept things, I still have stuff of my dad's that I don't need to have, but I don't want to get rid of it but it's out of the ether of like everybody like what do you want you know it's like just take what you think you may want and and you may yeah you may love that her mom was like i'm gonna take care of this she did yeah 
So the way she did it was she forced everyone yeah. to go help and get rid of things Still that being they didn't mom. want to get rid of because there's yeah. mold on him at this point. Just as she would if she was looking over her little kids and doing like, come on, guys, let's get this done. Yeah, I just love it. So she brought in reinforcements for her daughter yeah. because of it. And like, I just, I just think it's a really, and not everything was ruined, no. which I also think is interesting. And I just thought it that was one of the coolest stories. But of course, at the end of the day, we know it was Satan and that's all it was. And at the end of the day, the brother's still in litigation. It's all the Satan. House. The whole thing is Satan. All of it was Satan. No, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But it's, it, no, it, it truly does. You know, I, I think those things happen. I think you have those, you, the, the force is still there and you're still looking over your kids for a certain amount of time. Uh, in some cases, th there's no, uh, I, I don't think there's ever like a true recipe to how this is all works. I think there's a lot of options you get on the other side. And some choose this way and some choose that way. And this mom chose to still uh, be there, you know, by their kids. I, I, but she I, knew that her daughter needed her. Yeah. And she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. So the mom created a situation where everyone had to deal with it. Yep. You know what? If you can't deal with it and they're not going to help you, I will create a situation where everyone's forced to help you. Everybody And grow. you will be able to get yeah. through that stuff because your daughter couldn't get through the stuff. You will because you don't have a choice. It's everybody. And you're going to be throwing yeah. stuff out because it's going to be moldy and wet. You got to throw it out. Everybody grow the fuck up, basically. Is, I just love the way uh, that mom just dealt with it. I love it. No, I do love that. Thank you for sharing that story with us. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up through Apple Podcasts. Get three days free right now. Make sure you love it. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the archive, everything commercial free. If you're not on Apple, it's uh, patreon.com slash Stories or ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, Real Ghost Stories Online family. Harper and myself are inviting you to join us for a live experience coming up on January 26 at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to look inside some of the scariest stories we have ever told. It's going to be a night of heart-stopping stories. Woo! I know I'm not going to sleep. Join us for the stories and discussion. To get tickets for this exclusive live event, go to moment.co slash ghost stories. That's moment.co slash ghost stories. Or find the link in this episode description. And we'll see you on January 26th. Get tickets for the show and upgrade if you want to special media meet and greet opportunities and after show discussion moment.co slash ghost stories get your tickets now for this worldwide digital experience inside the scariest stories with harper and myself of real ghost stories online don't be late